0: fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever and with fishing booker you can experience it too no matter where you are discover your next adventure on fishing booker
1: hey everybody welcome back to another episode of the journey within podcast well it's that time of year towards the towards the tail end of december to where you start thinking about all the trips that you had throughout the year and kind of reminiscing and planning for the next year Got a good buddy with me, Kevin Burmeister. We, we went on a whitetail trip to Montana. We're going to talk about that. And Kevin's been, I mean, he's been doing some deer hunting this year. So we're going to talk about a trip that he had to Ohio um, at the recording here. He's actually off to Kentucky in four days for another whitetail trip down at Salt River. So we're just going to go over our Montana trip, which... Man, it was awesome. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about his experience, his experience at Ohio um, and how his Michigan hind turned out. How are you doing today, Kevin?
2: Uh, pretty good. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah. So, for anybody that doesn't know, I actually see Kevin just about every every day this time of year because we coach girls basketball where we like pain. So, we coach high school girls basketball, and then we coach middle school girls basketball coming up here in a month, too.
2: I mean, we put some time together. Yeah.
1: We spend a lot of time in the gym, the knees, just give them, give them a workout that they need. Try and, this time of year, I feel pretty good, but come on, I don't know, end of March, I'll be limping pretty good.
2: Yeah, especially when we uh, pound out a JV practice and then uh, slide on over to a middle school practice. Yeah, just, just the old two-a-days. Yeah,
1: two-a-days, just you know, a solid five hours in the gym. But
2: truthfully, I love it. So
1: I oh, look, for sure. look forward to this time of year. But it's, a, it's one of those bittersweet because you're finishing up the majority of the hunting seasons. I mean, not all of us got one more trip like you, but I guess you got one more deer trip left this year. I do. And I am looking forward to that. Yeah. So how many years have you gone to Salt River now?
2: Is this your third? I think it's my fourth. So this is your
1: fourth? Is this your, how many times have you done the late? So he. I've Captain's done going on the late season muzzleloader hunt this year at Salt River.
2: Right. So the first year we went down, um, I went down, I, I believe it was, uh, I bow hunted a couple of days and we went down, um, Jane and Shelly went yeah, down with right. us and they did the youth hunt. Yeah. <clears throat> um and then I went down early muzzle and I think I've hunted three um I think this will be my third late muzzle Okay.
1: It just fits really good with your your timing. Kevin's a farmer, so it fits good.
2: You're yeah
1: basically wrapped up by this time of year.
2: Yeah, so typically once we get apples off and my, you know, corn or my beans and corn, um, then I got a little free time. Yeah. Um, but it's gonna get tougher as the kids get older, obviously. Yeah, that's
1: true. That's true as you get in sports no actually when we went to montana it was right in the middle of your busy time
2: yeah i mean the timing of that was not great <laughs> um but the trip was yeah, and true. it was uh my first time ever being um in montana and actually truthfully hunting uh that style as well so it was super cool
1: yeah so we'll, we'll kind of give a recap <laughs> of montana like eric shell at wta um I was looking at, looking at for the North American, um, deer slam, looking at different areas to hunt. And he's like, man, you got to go check out Montana. Right. And Eric talked to me for about 20 minutes and he had me completely sold by the time it was over. And it was one of those, one of those times, basically how the trip turned out was to a T how Eric had described it, like to a, to a T, like there was nothing that you could change. We were, we were there pre-rut, um, and the ranch that we hunted, there, there are a couple different ranches that Eric can get you set up on there. But the ranch that we hunted had twenty six miles of river bottom. I mean, twenty six miles turns out to be a long ways.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's all to travel at all. Um, you know, ATV or truck. Yeah. I mean, it literally a half a day. Yeah, I mean, it is a, a poke, <clears throat> so. Kevin and I are
1: both from Michigan, done a ton of deer hunting. I mean, obviously, I've deer hunted here for – I just I, I was just writing an article on this. Um, I've been on opening day for 35 years now. I've hunted for 28 of those because back in the day, you got to be 12, 12 right, to, have, hunt, yeah. to have a license. So I sat with my dad for <coughs> seven years, and then from 12, 12 13, 14, and 15 – Dad sat with me on opening day, and then when I turned 16, I got to sit by myself. And then I sat by myself up until I started bringing my bringing my kids. But right. I was trying to I was trying to remember when I started hunting out of my the same deer stand that I've been hunting out of right now. And I've got a picture from when I shot two deer that I was 18. Out of that stand, and I think it was two years before that, so I was literally 16. I've knocked 24 years out of sitting in the same rifle stand. On opening day. On opening day.
2: Which is super cool. Yeah,
1: like, I, it's, I mean, it's awesome. You got so many memories that you right. sit in that stand and you just think about that. And that's, I mean, deer hunting in Michigan, if you're archery hunting, you're hunting out of a tree stand or a ground blind, same thing, kind of rifle season, you're hunting out of a tree stand or a ground blind, so you, you sit and you wait. And Montana was completely different right like you're so this type of style that we were doing in montana because they had 26 miles of river bottom is you basically cruised a lot in the truck got it to as high a spot as you could and started glassing these alfalfa fields cut corn disc fields beans like all this stuff you started glassing in there the whitetails are all around the water right Mm -hmm. they're all around the the river because it's got the vegetation it's got the food they want now there's some that are up in the hills um that's really tough this time of year to to see those but the deer, are bait, like, you got to draw the tag in Montana, which is not a tough draw, but it limits the people that can go there. It's private land. Right. So, the deer that we saw, they weren't pressured. like they're Not were, at all. They were just, like, you could pull up to an alfalfa field up high and glass that field, and we would see, like, I think there was one, was there 12 bucks in that group right. that we saw? Like, a bachelor group of 12 that were out in this field, and then you saw does. So, every field you pulled up to, you were going to see deer. Most likely, you were going to see bucks. And a lot of them, you were going to see a good buck. Right. And it was just kind of that, like Eric described it. He goes, you're going to see every day, you'll see multiple deer between 130 and 155 inches. Right. And that was, that was what what the hunt was. Absolutely. I mean, you pulled there and, and anybody that's deer hunted long enough realizes that a deer between the mid one thirties and the one one fifties every day is a special area right now you can you can grind that out and yeah they shoot deer that are in the 160s and they got a uh, couple in the 170s too so i mean like that's that's one of those things but and you see a deer in the 50s you're like at least for me right like you you can hunt all year in michigan not see one of those like i'm running 18 cell camps here and i haven't seen a deer in the, the mid 150s and i mean we've got great ground here in michigan that we cover
2: yeah it's uh I mean, if you're willing to grind the full trip out, I I truly believe that you will kill a deer, um, there in particular in the 50s for yeah. sure. Yep. Um, and I mean, it, it it could be knocking on the door of 60s. It's mm-hmm. just you're glassing from so far away, like you, <clears throat> like you think you know exactly what you're shooting. Yep. Like similar to the, your deer. Right? Yeah, yeah. Well, then all of a sudden we get up to it and you're like, oh my God, it's got. Two kickers, yeah. It's got kickers. It's got split well, brows, well, yep. and you're like, holy smokes! Like, but we
1: were glassing it from a thousand yards, shot it from almost five hundred. So then you walk up there, and you're like, oh wow, awesome deer. Right. Now I was just, I, I was talking to Shell, and he was messaging those guys, and the rut was just just going a couple of weeks ago there, and they said all of a sudden these deer in the 160s come out of the hills, right? Like the old five and a half right. year old deer come out, and they start chasing the does um that was one on timing like we went pre-rut which you're gonna see a ton of deer it's just one of those things right you're gonna see different deer every every point of the Mm -hmm. year that you go there and hunt um but like i thought it was cool because you saw so much territory it's same area of the elk where we saw elk right we saw a giant herd of elk big bull yep um it was the opening opening day of uh that early rifle season there for elk so one of the old guys in in camp that drew a tag shot a giant high 360s bull i mean um there was another hunter in camp that was targeting another bull that was going after just giant giant elk in the area too so it was cool seeing all that
2: we saw a big muley too we did see a big muley yeah we did see a big muley so
1: that deer tag in montana's an either either or tag can be a whitetail or a mule deer um so it's one of those to where you're kind of focusing and then all of a sudden you see see something like we could have made a could have made an audible and went after after that but like, I thought it was, the whole style of hunting was cool. It's completely different from what we do, and I just right. like those new new types of experiences. Um, but, yeah, we got in, good lodge, um, home-cooked meal. Uh, first morning, you get up and you head out. Obviously, we headed out like probably 45 minutes before sunrise because it's one of those things yep. you don't want to get out there too early because of how you're hunting your glass. And so if you get to a field in the dark and have to sit there, you're like, I don't kind of blows so you right. get there right as it's getting light and start glassing then you just start right like you're just cruising glassing fields seeing different deer turn around you get something that you can't quite see try to get a different angle on it um and go about that the first morning was super foggy right so we couldn't couldn't see a
2: lot We actually i mean we still saw a lot of deer you just couldn't see the fields right so i mean we probably i mean what do you think the visibility wasn't maybe 150 yards yeah. off the road maybe yeah um, <clears throat> but still, I mean, there were deer everywhere. Yeah, literally it was everywhere. I mean, it was a full action hunt. Yep. So then we went back for lunch, and that afternoon
1: we went out there, and and now the fog was gone. So we really wanted to go back to the fields that we saw that morning, but you could see the see the whole thing. Um, I think we saw a big eight point that. Yeah. Mr. Trigger Happy. Uh, Kevin was up in the front. and He's like, "Yeah, that's that. I'll take that one." And he's like, "Nope. We're not even not even, even looking. At we're one. just like row. yeah we'll, we'll we'll go after that one. We know where that one's at." Yep. Yeah, yeah. So we passed up on that one, ended up um seeing a good deer in the back side of this elf alpha, alpha field. And you could instantly tell like it was a big it, deer. It was a big deer. It was it was it was one even though it was the first night, you're like, "Yep, we're going to go we're going to go after that deer. deer." Um Shot if we would have shot from right there, I think it would have been five fifty, five eighty, something like that. Me in the nice guy that I was, obviously Kevin's going to be up first because that's that's just the type of guy that I am. So Kevin's just sitting here nodding his head, sure, yeah. No, no. Yeah. So Kevin Kevin was up first, but it's going to be kind of a gun story along the way too. So what was your what's your farthest well not what's your farthest shot now up till that trip? What was your farthest shot on a deer? Uh, being a Michigan
2: guy, I would say no more than 300 um on the white tail and that would be that'd probably be stretching it even a touch yeah um the majority of this stuff like which you know for being in the area we are i mean most shots are probably less than 130 yeah, I mean, 140 thick, yards thick yeah vegetation but that
1: stand that i was talking about earlier that i've rifle hunted out of the farthest shot the farthest shot i could do there's like 245. Yeah, that's a far side of a fo- of a food plot in the tree line on the other side that you can see down shooting. Yep. Lane. And I've never shot there. But that's just the farthest you can shoot. The farthest I've shot out of it stands like 220. Right. And back in the day trust me like 220 I thought I was Was it.
2: a poke. I
1: thought it was another state. Yeah. Like when I was in my 20s I was like man I shot so far. Yeah. <laughs> now all of a sudden my gun sighted in at 200. Mm-hmm. But back then I was like man 200 yards. I pretty much shot that thing in a different county.
2: Yeah that's where we do most of our hunting. I mean it's It it is definitely no more than 120 yards. Yeah. At the furthest, you know. So,
1: it's one of those things, like, I remember going out, the the first western hunt that I went on in my mid-20s was an antelope mule deer hunt in Wyoming. And I just remember the outfitters, like, okay, we're going to go shoot our guns after you're traveling. Like, okay. And we went out there, and we were shooting at a rock at 440 yards. Dude, I was scattering the hillside on that. Like, how high do I aim on that? Like, my gun was at 100 yards. I'm, like, 14 feet high, let it drift. Like, I was so, like, not prepared for it, right? Like, right. that first time in the in the west, and you could tell. So, we, we had this deer, and it was one of those, the gun that Kevin had wasn't comfortable at that, at that distance. So, we kind of circled around the backside um, on the other side of the river. Trying to use that and, and spot and stock up an old two-track on the side, trying to shoot across, and we actually got pretty darn close to that. I think team.
2: we were within two hundred, um, but he was in some red brush or yeah.
1: bedded of- bedded in that red brush to where you could one of those times where <laughs> you can see his neck patch, right? Like you can yep. see his head and his neck patch, and like okay, we got Kevin up on the on the shooting sticks and tried the tried the subtle to get him to stand clap the whistle you know all the all the normal tricks and it was one of those things like okay starting to lose light what's he what's he gonna do and and tried to just slowly walk down the two track while kevin was set up in nine out of ten times when you do that the deer is gonna stand move if he doesn't just stand in his bed he's gonna stand and move about five feet and stop and stare you know right. it'll give you that split second to where he stops trying to figure out what it is and that's normally the bam time, right? Yep. Like stand up, bam. Well, this deer, he decided to go from bedded to, well, I'm going to sprint 150 yards through the timber and see you guys later. Right. So, had him set up at 200 yards, sprinted through, lost him. Um, so, we're like, shoot, couldn't make a play on him from that side of the river anymore because there was a, a big timber stretch that was separating where he's at. And he ended up going out in that field with another buck. And there was, I mean, in that field, how many deer were there There were a lot. I mean, he just went out in that field and and felt safe again. So we're like, shoot. We hustled back to the truck, circled way around to the other side of the field where we originally spotted him. Um, Spotted him again after he came out of this little lull in the alfalfa field. And he was at, he was between 500 and 480 at that time. Um, Kevin passed the baton, as I like to say. He's like, well, that's a little far for me. Passed the baton so i had the uh I as I, I had my works climber it wasn't it wasn't too far for me
2: no it was, a it, it was chip wasn't, shot. It wasn't
1: too far so i i ended up getting set up on that buck at 480 um it was pretty cool like i can't wait to see how it edits um he's kind of he's kind of feeding through the self alpha, alpha by a pivot um and waited till he lifted his head up and squeezed and just one of those straight down um you feel good when you make a shot like that
2: Yes, I, uh, I was feeling good. I mean, deer went straight, straight down. Yeah,
1: straight down. Um, went over there, got to him right at right at dusk, and that's where you're like, man, he's got kicker, he's got split brows. Like, you could tell he was a big, framey deer, and you could count 10 on him. Um, but you get to him, and he's got all this extra stuff, and just a great Montana whitetail, right? Like,
2: Yeah, but if we wouldn't have done, if we wouldn't have, you know, circled around and got you on the gun, I mean— I'm not saying we wouldn't have killed that deer maybe the next day yeah. or the yeah. day after, but I mean, to, I mean, if you get a chance to kill a deer like it, that, you got to do it. Well, it's
1: one of those things. I've been in the field so long to where you're like, okay, don't bump it, don't mess with it. We'll come back, try to get it tomorrow, and you come back tomorrow, and things gone. And it's gone. And it's gone. Right? Like that deer very easily could have just went and bedded 200 yards in the hills. Right. We never would have
2: saw. Him. Well, and I mean, look at look at how tough it was to even. I mean that he that deer. Until you shot him by the center pivot, I mean he never presented a shot the whole mm-hmm. length of that field. No, nope. I mean he found every you know every hill or whatever to hi, you know to yeah. stay just where you couldn't get a vital shot. Mm-hmm. And you thought that field was flat like a pancake then until all a you get you
1: out have, there. Then yeah. you have a deer start walking through, and that deer is out of sight the whole time in just these little right. little nooks and crannies.
2: And the alfalfa was a lot taller than what I expected it was a good alfalfa field yeah
1: yeah I mean that soil right along the river though so rich and they yeah. got irrigated and I mean they're yeah. pumping stuff but yeah that day day one um I had a good buck down we went back and that was back when we were we were drinking too in the good days we enjoyed a a latte or two so Kevin right now Kevin and I are in the middle of a terrible month because we're going 31 days without drinking and we're let me just look at the watch here. What do we got? Oh, we got eleven days. Left. Eleven. Eleven days left. So we're twenty days in. Um, twenty days into this non non drinking thing, and it started the the second day of deer season here. It started to go all the way through, and yeah. at the time, it seemed like a great idea. It didn't. It didn't sound like a great idea at the time. It sounds miserable right now that we're in the middle of it.
2: Yeah, I mean, it would be nice to sit here and have a yeah. Yeah. Nice cold so Kevin,
1: beverage. Kevin's. I mean, we've been on some hunting trips since, and I just sit there and I'm just. I'll just have a water. Actually, it's, you could just have an ice water. I'll be fine. Just hammering the, the waters. Water. Yeah. So Kevin's off to. So we got a little wager behind this, obviously, and Kevin's off to Salt River on Friday with his his good friend Jeff. So I'm just hoping I may arrange a case or two of beer to be waiting down in the fridge over there just to see if you indulge on one. Either I mean, that or Jeff's going to have a good weekend.
2: Either that or I'm going to pack them in the truck and just bring them home. And uh, <laughs> I'm just going to send you a little thank you. Hey, I'm, uh, I'm going to keep these for the next yeah, five yeah, days until, yeah. until it's over. I'll start hammering those on the 16th. Yeah. But <laughs> so anyway, had a
1: good night that night. Uh, woke up the next morning, day two in Montana, um, same thing, right? Like you hunt, you hunt the same thing every day that you're there is you just try, you start cruising and you start glassing fields and we were cruising glassing fields and, and I mean, seeing a
2: ton of deer. Well, I mean, it wasn't foggy and I feel like we picked up good deer right away. Yeah. You know, yeah. I remember the first deer we tried to make a play on, um, yeah, I do remember that. We okay. kind of, which it was kind of a, I have no idea. It was like a meadow with a crick bottom, um, behind this metal that dropped off. Um, but it wasn't very thick. But we could not find that deer. We caught him walking in this
1: thing, and you're like, okay, we're gonna catch him in there, or catch him walking out. And the deer just disappeared.
2: Yeah, he was gone. Just
1: gone. Never got a good look. But it was one of those, man. He's got a frame, and he's got mass. Right. Got a got just a big body on him, and then just, I mean, just gone. Right. Like Like a like a ghost. Gone. So, I mean, the cool thing about where we're hunting, right? Like, you get an opportunity like that, and it, it's over. Like a lot of spots, you get an opportunity like that, and it's over. Like that's it. You're done. This is like, all right. Well, let's just keep cruising. We yeah. got to Start cruising fields and, and checking deer. And um, the elk. The group that was elk hunting was kind of in the same area, so they were obviously in different parts. But you'd stay in communication with them, what they're seeing, and so forth. They'd let you know if they see a deer. We'd let them know if we were seeing any elk or anything like that. And we were we were cruising. And all of a sudden, right along the river, like right along the river, there's a, a big buck just bedded in the grass. Yeah. And it's just one of those things by, by the time we stopped and you're like cruising, you're like, oh, my gosh, look at that deer. It's big. We got to get out. Right. And by the time you stopped and did all that, the deer's like ah, gone. Gone. I mean, 100 miles an hour across this field. Um, and you're like, man, that was a that was a big deer. Guide's like, okay, well, there's a there's this high area over here we can get up to glass. So we go over there, glass the field that he was in. Completely gone out of that one, but we glassed the field that was next to it. So literally across the whole, I mean, how many acres was that, 500-acre field? I mean, it was a big field. Jump across the big field, and we caught him across the, across the tree line over in the other field, the other side of the field. I mean, he covered some distance, but the, the cool part about this is, I mean, you can see. Right? Like you can, you get up high, you can yep. see there for a long ways. So we we see this we see this buck on the opposite side of the field, and it was a poke. It was five forty, right? Five forty from there. We're like, all right, we're gonna circle around. We know where he's at. He's kind of in this tall grass with some pines. We'll get over there and and, and just kind of walk this ridge line glassing down. Um, we did that. We ended up seeing I think three other bucks bail off the other side.
2: Yeah, we almost actually if it was just up to coach Mark uh-huh.
1: we would have shot the wrong deer hmm. I remember Listen, that. I saw a big frame deer up close moving and I panicked I called for Kevin and he came flying over had the safety off and it was a very quickly don't shoot that deer don't, I mean it could have
2: it, it could have been uh that's my bad yep that don't one, don't that
1: shoot that deer we came close to shooting the wrong deer but we didn't we, we didn't. didn't we didn't we didn't we called back off we looked at hillside and you're like man that deer must have disappeared the original deer he must have must have just gone back um and me, I wouldn't have done this, but the guy's like, let's go back to the hillside over there where we, where we glassed him up before. And let's just glass, see if we can't pick him up in the in the trees up high and, and so forth. And we get back over there, and I kid you not, it was seven seconds later, right? You're like, there he is. Yep. He was literally just underneath what we were walking, but the wind was blowing the right way. We never buggered him out. We wouldn't have been able to see him unless we walked straight to him and we would have bumped him at about seven yards.
2: Well, that side hill was, I mean, it was full of pine um and it was obviously super steep yeah. so even if we i mean you couldn't even where he was at he was almost tucked so tight that we wouldn't have been able to see him anyway yeah. i don't think so it was one of those but we saw him now
1: um and it didn't now at this point i mean he's out there right he's he's 550 560 maybe could be said and he's he's up and just slowly walking and feeding and it was one of those things like now we realized after going over there we can't see him where he's at Right, so we if we got over to his side and tried to cut it down, we wouldn't be able to see him. So we're like, Kevin, you're gonna have to shoot him from here.
2: Yeah. And it was that at way, that
1: moment, what'd you say?
2: I uh, I leaned on Mark for the old gun
1: works. So. Yeah, we we got the gun works out, and this is so Kevin's previous shot was right around 300. We got him set up right around 560, I think. Got the got the the turret dialed in, um, and truthfully, like it's. If you haven't shot at that distance with the right equipment, when you get it, when when you have, when you had me and the guide. He shot a lot of gunworks too. When you got two guys in the field that that know what they're doing as far as ranging, calling out winds, and getting the turret set, like it's, I mean, we got you dialed in, right? Yeah. When when you were when you shot, what did you right before you shot that first shot? What did you think was going to happen?
2: Truthfully, I was like, probably not going to hit the deer. <laughs> Especially, I mean, in not—I I don't remember the exact distance of what it, the first shot was, but it was literally almost double of what I've ever shot at an, yeah. at a deer. Um, and I mean, the deer was super; it was quartered away, mm-hmm. um, and he was right there. There's a thicket or a bunch of pines there. Yeah, like it was a just a kind of a tough shot, really. Yeah. Um, and never shooting—I've never shot your gun or. Um, or that distance yeah. you know and um, but once once we got on him I thought you know I was like man it's, you know yeah who knows so he, Kevin
1: squeezed off and he hit it right but this yeah. is this is where for anybody listening this is where Kevin learned about canting Do you still know what
2: canting is? I do now. you do now I do so know.
1: everybody so Kevin he may have had the gun canted just mm-hmm. I mean just a, a slight hair so as the deer was was angled hit him back. But hit him, right? Deer was hurting. Yeah. Um, so now this is the, the point where I think I think everybody started to yell at you to stop canting your gun. Not Thaddeus because he didn't know what that was either. No, but I think towards the end he was even – so Thad, yeah. was, Thad was the camera guy on the trip. I'm pretty sure even towards the end he was leading over to the side. Kevin, stop canting the gun. Oh, my
2: gosh. So just – yeah, it, it escalated quickly on that uh, – the top of that hill there and um, I was – Kind of by myself, me all that It was good good stuff, really. Good, but, good stuff. But the deer came out in the opening. Kevin put another one in it,
1: dropped him, right? Yep. So dropped him. So totally redeemed himself. How'd you feel after that you put two shots in a deer? And I want to say the first one was like 560, and the second one was in the 540 range. Like, it was, it was a was The pulp. second,
2: I, I think it was, I, I end up, the shot that... Killed him. I, it was 6'4", six, 633. Was it 633?
1: 633. Oh, like, Listen, I, everything blends together. I'm in the field a lot. And I
2: only remember that. That's the, where you were looking
1: at me and you were like, man, 5'6, you're not giving me enough yeah. credit. There's not enough credit.
2: Either way, um, <clears throat> after, after I shot the first shot, even though I was back, you know, I, I was probably where from the front shoulder, I was what, 12, 14 inches yeah. back, probably? Yeah. Yep. Um, then I knew what the, you know, I knew I could kill the deer, mm-hmm. um, cause I knew I could make that shot now. Mm-hmm. Um, even with, a everyone, can't, yeah, can't everyone yelling, I don't know, what it, means. I don't know
1: yeah. what it means. Stop canting. Just the
2: old loud noises. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when I, the final shot, um, which the deer was, I mean, the deer was obviously hurting. Yeah. And, he wasn't going anywhere. No. Um, so I felt pretty confident with the next shot mm-hmm. and, um, happy to get it done down he won it. so before we before
1: we talk about the recovery and everything have you since made any purchases after that
2: moment in the field well um sure sure that's a good question i did buy um or order a 28 Nozzler. from gunworks from gunworks yeah so the old experience in the field yeah i mean did you order it within a week of being back I mean, I'll be honest with you. I think after we had a few beers that night, dinner, and we're laying in bed because I think we were going to take off early. Did I catch myself just kind of scrolling through the website, checking? You know, sure, sure. Um, but yeah, it's uh. But I mean, that's the like. So I went out there with my 6.5. Yeah. And you know, that's I had that dialed in probably confidently where I could have shot. You know, three fifty, four hundred yep. tops. Uh-huh. Um, but as I'm, you know, fairly young and going to c- continue hunting, like, why am I going to limit yourself? Right. right. Yeah. Like, why would I? Yep. If you can, sure, it's going to be fairly expensive. Buy right away, right? Mm-hmm. But it's going to be worth it. Like,
1: how many? T- how many? Well, put it this way, right? It's going to limit the misses in the field. It's going to open up your opportunity. So you you hunt enough that. I mean, one one possible miss or one opportunity to where it was just wasn't right that you couldn't get a shot at it because of the distance. Right, well, you'll be like, I'll buy that gun ten times over. Right, absolutely. Because you spent your time, energy, and effort going there. Like we at WTA, we talk a lot to clients that that book sheep hunts, especially or mountain type hunts. Right, that you're going to be so physically and mentally and financially invested. Go with the right equipment. Like, right. You may on a sheep hunt. You only may have one shot at a sheep, and it's going to be seven hundred and eighty yards in a light crosswind, and you got to lay down and make that shot because you may not get on them again, right? Right. It's like you got to have the right stuff in the field to be able to do that.
2: Absolutely. So,
1: I mean, that for me, like I'm a big believer. If you if you hunt enough and 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 can do that, like value your time in the field and make the right investment going into it.
2: Sure. Sure. And I mean, I would have if you would have asked me that prior to um shooting your gun works mm-hmm. gun um in that trip i mean i would have been like yeah you know a gun's a gun yeah, yeah like you know i mean yeah i'll just and i mean a lot of times right like you can around here especially i mean you can any gun you have get you, can you shoot can, 150
1: yards yeah right? or you can yeah. even
2: dial it like uh, you're like oh i'm gonna shoot a long ways it's 300 yards yep and you can dial that in um but after that, where I was like, oh, my – like, it was a no-brainer to me.
1: Yeah. Yep. All right, so then we – I mean, obviously, it's a poke, so we got hot back in the car. Um, actually, before we did that, it was one of the – the conservation officers was, I think, pretty sure watching us do the whole thing. So then he, he drove up and, and, I mean, was actually – extremely nice right like yeah he just wanted to hear about how the hunt was going where we were from and yeah kind of filled us in on everything that was going on in the area And we ended up bouncing into him a couple more times throughout the the trip that we were there extremely nice though right um he's like yeah watched everything you guys did you did everything 100 legal and just, yep. just making sure and, and moving on have you guys seen any other hunters in the area like that that type of thing um after that bounced over and finally got to go and, and take a look at the buck and i'm gonna like this is where i'm gonna let you take over after you saw it what what you thought
2: so it, it was um i mean it was just something that you know you get to do it with you know a good buddy um and i mean truthfully like the shot and everything how it just played mm-hmm. out it was i mean it was probably one of my it was one of my favorite hunts by far yeah. you know um and obviously, when you shoot a good deer, it's always when you get to it. That's the best part. Right? Yep. You walk up to it and see what you what you actually have. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, and I mean, it's big, framey deer. It was you know long tined. It mm-hmm. was I mean just a solid, it, it, a deer that you kind of expected to you know to harvest. Yep. Yep.
1: Yeah. No, that mine. So anybody that's looking for a different type of whitetail hunt for really good deer, you got to check out Montana. It's a draw, but you can draw fairly easy. Um, it's, I mean, the ranches are huge, limited, limited hunters on them. So it's not like you're going to be bouncing into guy. Like, truthfully, we saw another, the only other hunter we saw was one of the ranchers with his daughter, right? Like, that was the only other hunter that we saw out there. And again, 26 miles of river bottom. So, like, you say, say here and think about Michigan and 26 miles of river bottom. How many hunters would you bounce into?
2: Oh, gosh, thousands. 20, yeah,
1: I mean, thousands of hunters along that. But there, you're like, okay, there's one other hunter that's there so like again anywhere if you're looking for a different type of hunt just a great whitetail hunt you gotta check out Montana it's a hidden gem um and also elk like after seeing what's there I'm definitely changing my my strategy trying to get in there and, and draw one of those elk tagging that you and I think you did too
2: yeah I, th- I mean I did um but it's I mean truthfully with what the the few hunters that they get the no. not much hunting pressure at all I mean your chances is you know, to be successful they're high, they're high, super high in Montana. It's gorgeous. Oh, it's beautiful.
1: So beautiful. It's easy travel. I think we went into Billings and it was a couple hour drive. So, I mean, it's, I mean, it's just super easy. Yep. So, I mean, then you continued your, uh, your fall. You did a little bit of hunting here in Michigan, right? Got, got two different bucks during rifle season here.
2: Yeah. So I didn't, uh, um, we had, uh, such a big year on the farm. Um, apples picked super late or super long. And then, uh, Beans and corn, you know, I didn't get done until, it was. I mean, it was late. Mm -hmm. Um, It was super late. So I didn't get to bow hunt hardly at all. I think I bow hunted three times. um, And the third time I took my oldest daughter out when Mm -hmm. she shot two does um, Mm -hmm. with a crossbow. Um, So I didn't really get to hunt. We had some good deer on camera. Uh, And then opening day of rifle season, November 15th, my middle daughter went, Kaylin went with me. um, And her and I shot uh or i shot um just a i mean just a great michigan Mm -hmm. deer i mean heavy horned eight point he's in the 30s um you know for our area that's a great that's great great deer great deer great deer so and then um you know we um the next day we shot another uh it was another eight point um truthfully i thought it was there was a nine point that we were hunting mm-hmm. um and it was down off to my right in the down in the swamp and I thought it was that deer making a scrape um tending a doe, and mm-hmm. I shot that and, and i mean it was a it's a solid deer, you know mm-hmm. I think uh it's it at least a three and a half year old Yep. Um, the first deer I shot was probably four and a half yeah it looked
1: like four and a half Kevin brought the rack over him looked at it this morning it definitely looked like four and a half year old
2: yeah, so we i mean we had you know, here we're trying to shoot older deer, um, and it's truthfully, it's starting to pay off. Yeah, like Michigan's one that's
1: we're right around as a state, a half a million hunters. So if you think about that, a half million hunters in the state of Michigan, and it's a two buck state. Um, I mean, maybe a podcast for another day talking about Michigan and, and, and how they have everything set up um before going into rifle season i want to say it was two to one bucks to does harvested in the state and finally got something that you can check check on i should have checked for this but <clears throat> so it's i mean it's, it's tough right we've got the same genetics in michigan that illinois ohio wisconsin indiana have we've got the same genetics here it's just we put so there's so many hunters and, we, and you can kill two bucks um it just makes it hard for growing big deer right
2: like well sure i mean that's like i mean use me for an example like i shot a a a great great deer first right mm -hmm. and then not that not that there's a wrong deer or you know necessarily um for you know if you whatever you shoot is you know good for you but i would have never shot that deer obviously right one buck tag i'm gonna shoot the biggest deer i got on camera yep and the rest of my group that hunts with me you know, my dad, my brothers, mm-hmm. my kids. Yep. They're going to shoot. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. Instead, you have two buck tags and not that, I mean, to be honest with you, how many times have you filled both buck tags? I think I filled both buck tags for the last
1: 18, 20 years.
2: Same. Yeah.
1: Like you have two buck tags. Yep. And I'm 90- going I'm I'm to continue to hunt, right? Like if I'm here, I'm going to continue to hunt. What am oh, I going to sure. do? Am I so? Here are my options. If I've got a second buck tag, I'm going to watch TV at home, or I'm going go to right? go hunting. I'm going to go hunt. I'm going to go hunt. Yep. Especially because you got like I'm running so many cameras. I know what's around. Like mm-hmm. this year was this year as far as our group of hunting was probably the best year we've ever had. Um, Shelly took a good deer during youth season. Took a great deer the opening day of rifle season, and then I shot um, a three and a half year old stud eight point on. Uh, it, it, like I say, this three and a half, like for our area, three and a half year old deer is old, right? Mm-hmm. Three and a half, four and a half. We shot a couple four and a half year old deer, one that we're waiting for the age back that, that I, like my gut tells me it's five and a half. Um, but I've had that deer on camera for a couple of years now. We, I mean, we've hunted them. We just haven't, haven't seen mm-hmm. them. Right. Um, and then I shot another great deer at my house on Thanksgiving morning. Um Just two, I mean, two really good deer for right. where we're at in the area. Like I'm, we're not to the point of passing, but if it was a one buck state, Ottoman done that second deer. That's three and a half.
2: Like going on.
1: Like he just had to make it another week, right? And make yep. it another week, and then he's out of out of rifle season, and then he's got that late muzzleloader season and archery season to get through, and then.
2: Yeah, but around. truthfully, I mean, uh, you know, in my personal opinion, especially around you know a lot of our farms or neighbors that I know, like you get through rifle season. I mean, there's some guys that might do the muzzle order yeah. for a couple days or on a weekend, but. Very few of the neighbors that I know of go get out and late it's, bow hunt. You know,
1: oh, it's so cold and miserable, right? I mean, and that time after the deer go through that rifle season, they're different. Absolutely, I mean, they are skittish. They're nocturnal. They're, I mean, just completely different, mm-hmm. different type of deer. So yeah, not as many hunters. Um, one of the one of the people that used to be on the uh, on the DNR and and um worked at SCI. Told me he's like, yeah, the, the second deer tag in Michigan isn't a big deal because we only shoot between thirty three and thirty six thousand second bucks a year, and I'm sitting there, I'm like, wait a second, yeah, okay, dude. as a single year, that's not a big deal, but take that over ten years, it's three hundred and thirty thousand other bucks that would be alive, right? And start compounding that, and like I like for my thing, I've I've hunted a lot of different states. For Michigan, it's twenty bucks a doe tag,
2: yeah, which is. Insane,
1: insanely high for a doe tag where we're looking to we need to harvest more deer in the state of Michigan and you're like okay well we need to take the does out right right so you look at other states and they're like they either don't charge or you can buy them three at a time or you get three when you buy By a your, license here's here you get your your one buck tag and we give you three doe tags and if you want another three you just gotta pay five bucks and we'll give you another three right um right but that's a, a, there's a lot of different different theories around Around that, the tradition of Michigan being a two buck state, I think is going is a tough one to change because you look back at the data that they've been doing, and you're like, they probably sit there and look and well, go, if we go away from a two buck state, we're not going to kill as many deer, and we need, and like Michigan needs to harvest X amount of deer because we're a high deer density area. There are a lot, like there's a hundred and some thousand car deer accidents a year,
2: right? But it's only my personal opinion; it's only going to continue to increase because there are guys or hunters mm-hmm. um that are saying i'm not gonna pay twenty dollars a doe tag no it's not i'm not gonna
1: shoot shoot five does for a hundred bucks why would i go and right you, when you can buy the combo as a resident for two buck tags for 78 bucks yeah yeah so like why why would i i'm gonna buy that combo i'm gonna shoot my two bucks right maybe one doe um like i use my driveway right because i'm here all the time like this morning on my driveway coming in here after dropping shelly off at school i saw 20 does you gotta dodge them I mean, you got to watch here, yeah. You got watch my driveway as a doe. Haven I saw some turkeys. Like it was, a, it was just a great morning coming in on the driveway. Yeah, solid morning. But I mean, the doe's in the area. But between me and I'm only going to shoot a couple here. I know my neighbor to the south isn't going to shoot any. To the north, there's some conservation project and then a farm. Like to the north, it may be a mile and a half before somebody shoots a doe. Right. Like they're like the does here. I mean, they may be like I always joke like that. Doe's probably sixteen. Right, it's white, a completely white face. Like she walks past every tree stand I have here and just stares at
2: it. Just looks straight right at,
1: at it. it. Yep. Nope, he's not there today. That's one. As soon as you get to the tree stand, you hear dough blowing from a hundred yards away, and the wind's right, and she's still staring at you. You're like, you
2: son of a gun. That's when you gotta shoot. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, gotta shoot. she gotta whack her
1: when she comes in, no matter no matter what. Yep. But all right, moving on. We got on a mission. We got on a Michigan Michigan tangent there on the on the. I'm the deer hunting, but you got to tell me on your trip to Ohio. WTA tags is a full service licensing program available to today's sportsmen. Bottom line, they help hunters draw the very best limited entry, big game tags. They offer professional consultation on where to apply and then properly complete and submit your applications to the States tags has the easiest, most reliable and most complete service to assist you in drawing that tag of a lifetime for a free tags consultation call 1-800-755-8247 or visit them online at worldwidetrophyadventures.com slash tags that's worldwidetrophyadventures.com slash t-a-g-s i'm a believer in using the best and that's exactly what gunworks rifles are the best on the market if you want to sharpen your skills and ability make sure to check out their long range university From the rifle build to the perfect shot, Gunworks is your partner in the pursuit of long range perfection, 1,000 yards out of the box. You've all heard of Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's, but what you might not know is that both of these brands started as small family businesses in the heart of America. I've had their catalogs around my house since as early as I can remember. My dad shopped there and I still do today. Before most of my hunting trips, you'll know where to find me at my local Cabela's grabbing the last minute essentials. I need to make my trip a successful one to get prepared for your next adventure head to Bass Pro Shops or Cabela's you're hunting and outdoor headquarters.
2: Yeah. So I went down and I hunted, um, it was uh, Wellington, Ohio. Okay. Um, and I hunted, I, I, I my botch his last name, but I <laughs> believe it's Jay Hidgens Farms. Okay. Um, Worked with Nico. Um, he runs it. He's twenty five years yep. old. Super good, dude. Um, and, and this is one that Matt set up at WTA, right? Yeah, Matt um, Gendorf. Yep, Matt yep. put me on. Uh, just a great hunt, really. So when
1: you when you talked to <coughs> Matt about booking, and what did Matt tell you about what the area was and and what kind of experience you'd have?
2: I mean, I think the exact words was like, it just that it's awesome yeah like it is just awesome uh-huh. um you know he kind of explained you know it ohio right yep i mean you're hunting same thing right food source it's thick mm-hmm. there's creek bottoms um and you know you're going to see a big deer right you know it's uh it's the same thing where i think it was a five-day hunt um and the success rate is so high yeah you know and if you're willing to and it was cold i mean And that's why I like the late season stuff is just because I know um, deer are going to have to be on a food source when it gets cold. Like, you know, I mean, and uh, it was just, it was a great hunt. I mean. were the bucks still chasing? So this buck was. He was? Yeah. Um, I mean, and granted... Uh, I didn't get the full experience because I shot opening morning of gun season. What, two, two and a half minutes into it? No. I mean, I shot within the first 45 minutes. Okay. Okay. Um, I saw nine deer, Uh three different bucks. um, And it was just for that limited time that I, you know, got to hunt, it was, I mean, deer were running all over. Yeah. And I mean, I was hunting a cornfield where um, it was probably a mode strip in the um, through the cornfield. So mm. it was probably 200 by, you know, 50 uh-huh. through this, you know, 250 yards by 50 yards wide. And then I was looking down uh, to the south was a um, field edge going down into a creek bottom, which was um, Nico, they improved bedding area. Okay. So okay. the deer, the bucks were kind of just cruising back and forth, really. Okay. So. Caught a big one. What that deer score that you shot? He went he went in the forties. It was like one forty seven. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. He went high forties. Um there I forget. it was one forty seven and some change. Yep. I don't remember what I told you it was. Yep. Um but I mean dark horned, I mean heavy. Just, just an old deer. It was. He figured yeah. he figured the deer was at least five and a half. Mm-hmm. And there was a the three guys that were in lodge um with me um one of the guys um had a chance at him the year before uh-huh. and it didn't work out or he didn't well however it worked um so kind of rolling into it um in this farm is uh they call it the honey hole uh-huh. is where i sat and, um everything he's got i think 24 um enclosed blinds he's got that's nice yeah so he's got so you had a heater in your blind oh yeah
1: were you running the heater
2: no man no what a man Listen, no. We probably burned enough propane the time that we used the heaters up in Canada, so I figured I'd let this one skip out a little bit. Listen, so you want those heaters in Saskatchewan, though. Yeah, I mean, eh. It's kind of the whole...
1: Listen, I'm a heater guy. I got it pumping. I've I... got an enclosed blind here in Michigan. I have to keep it about 73, 74 okay. when well, I'm I out mean, there. Okay,
2: well, I mean, these blinds, you could have done the same. You okay. Could have, you could have had it just cranking in yeah. there. Yeah. Um, but I think he told me he had six um, redneck blinds, and then the rest were the turtle blinds. Okay. Um, but, I mean, perfect setup, right? Yeah. Like, I, I went in in the morning. Um, the plan was to hunt all day. Mm-hmm. Um, we He knew that deer were still chasing a little bit, and we're sitting on a food source, and it was cold. You know, so anytime that the bucks are running a little bit, and mm-hmm. you're on a food source, and it's cold... I mean, you're in a pretty you're in good, a good spot. spot. You're in a good so, spot. You know, it's either you sit in the lodge or you go you sit out and out. Yep. Haunt. Yep. So, but yeah, it was uh I mean, it was great. Um camp was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh food was great. You know, what I my one of the things I really liked about the lodge too was um like it was everybody had their own room. That's a big deal. That's I like I like the old rooms. Absolutely. Yeah. Even if you had to, um <clears throat> you know, you had so there's four total rooms they have four hunters in camp mm-hmm. two guys share a bathroom and um you know so there's two total. well there's three total bathrooms but each hunter two guys will share a bathroom so it's yep. not bad at all yeah
1: no that's nice like I, the one of the top comments we hear back from guys that we book into camps um do i get my own is my do i get right. my own bedroom and do i have my own bathroom like it's a, as, as yep. you go it's Big deal and on certain hunts like this to where you're not in the wilderness area or something like that. It's a nice luxury. Yeah. I, I love a good night of sleep.
2: Yeah. It's, uh, it would, I mean, it would, it was just the camp was, I mean, how it was set up, um, it was just perfect, really. Yeah. You know, it had a living area, big screen, you know, couch all the way around it had, you know, pictures of the, the farm, maps, yeah. um, where every stand is you know oh nice like like he had it it was just he had it set up perfect how far was i never asked how far was your drive from the lodge where you went um maybe 10-15 minutes tops okay so not bad right yeah Yeah. it wasn't bad at all
1: Mm -hmm. um what kind of not that you got into it what kind of lunch you had packed
2: oh i had i mean they had a they had turkey ham salami you had a big sandwich ready. Oh, I had yeah. You know,
1: did you dig into it after you shot that just that that morning sandwich at nine fifteen? No,
2: so um, I text Nico right away. I said, "Hey, shot," and he said, "You know, did did you hit it?" You know, yeah. ask all the. And I said, "Yeah, it's dead in the field." You know, I shot it uh, with a four fifty, and it went right down. Uh-huh. Um, and he said, "Well, there's another." He said, "There's other good deer in there." He's like, "You know, stay stay in the blind." And I said, okay. Don't start wandering around. Yeah. Which, obviously, I, you yeah. know, you would never do that yeah. anyway, just because it is, one, opening gun season. Yep. And, I, I mean, not that he probably, I mean, I'm sure he cares, but, you know, it's, it's the same thing here, right? Like, I'm not going to push a, a good year to, to my yep. neighbor. Right? So, I, I sat there, and he was probably, you know, maybe I waited 20, 30 minutes tops. Mm-hmm. Um. <clears throat> You know he'd come in in the buggy i had all my stuff packed yeah. uh we literally drove up to it threw it in the back um and we were you know gone yep so by the time you tagged it threw it in the back ready to go i mean it was i mean we couldn't have been in the field 10 minutes yep you know and you drive it out we took pictures and yep did all our stuff so by the time we did that um we got him out uh and, you know, basically got him ready to take over where they could cape him. Uh-huh. um And then we dropped him off at the taxidermy. So, obviously, to come home, yeah. head's got to be off and whatnot. I yep. mean, we got back. It was probably 11 o'clock. Um, uh-huh. So, I hammered the sandwiches then. I hammered the sandwiches at 11. Okay. Yep. Okay. yep. Okay. Good sandwiches, too. Yeah. It,
1: like, Ohio's nice for you because it's only, what, like a five-hour drive? Yeah, it was
2: five hours. Yeah.
1: So, it's a super easy drive to get down there the day before. And then right.
2: Like I mean... It was, and not just because I shot a big deer day one, Yeah, it is, that's a hunt that I'll go on
1: forever. Just because it's, yeah. It's
2: five hours. It's five hours, it fits nice, it's
1: great hunting, good lodge, like good people, once you get a setup like that, it's...
2: Right, and then, I mean, the only, like if we wouldn't have been in JV season, and we had basketball practice, Mm -hmm. I mean, I could have stayed and shot a couple does, like I could have waited, you know, I could have stayed the rest of my trip, obviously, Yep. Yep. but... I just decided to be an adult and come back. Yeah. 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 Head down. And I couldn't drink, so Yeah, I mean it <laughs> takes the
1: fun away right in the, right in the middle of it. So how bad <laughs> the question for you off off subject, how
2: bad do you want to go back to Saskatchewan? I mean, that's high on my list. I love yeah. it out there. So But good. I mean I I feel like I haven't been, you know, I mean a big one, I wanna to go to Illinois, Kansas, Iowa. Wanna to um, all the spots. I do. But um I love Canada.
1: So it's just so different up there. It's so quiet. You're hunting undisturbed deer. Um but no, like I think like you started to 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 travel a little bit. Everywhere's different, right? Right. Everybody does it different. Yeah. Like you pick up little things at each spot that you go that you're like, man, that makes a ton of sense. Or you're like, nah, I don't like that. But a lot of it you're like, man, they do it a little bit different and you pick something up. You don't even realize it, but then you come back here and you do something a little bit a little bit different in the setup or whatever, something different when they cape, different when they gut, different like everything. Just pick it up. And I love just what I'm able to do is travel in film hunting all over the world is like the experience, right? Right. Everything's a little bit different. Like you remember different things from each hunt like the trophy is always a big part but a lot of the trips it's not the not the main thing right it's a friend you you made or it's an experience that was in the field or, right or something like that along the way
2: well that's like perfect example um and i've never i literally talked to nico the week that i was going down mm-hmm. or the week before um you know and we talked and that day that the day i shot you know kind of rode around and mm-hmm. um you know we talked and Kind of hung out then, but like something super cool of like shows how much he cares about his clients is like just two days ago he sent me a picture of him and his boy hunting. Yeah, like like you're just I mean it was just I mean it's just a solid group of guys yeah. down there. Yeah, family. Yep, right? yep, and it is it's a family atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. and that's what more could you ask for when you go somewhere?
1: Can't like that's what you want. It's perfect. That's what you want.
2: But in, I mean that's the thing with. Everywhere I've been, and you hear from different guys, right, in camp or whatever, where you're sitting there eating dinner, drinking a beer, and... Not drinking a beer for... A while. No, well, this month. Okay. But, the, you know, you hear so many bad stories elsewhere. Like, mm-hmm. like, okay, well, how'd you... You know, the like, the first question everybody always asks are, like, have you hunted with or booked through WTA before? Mm-hmm. And, you're like, and I, me personally, I said, yeah, I have multiple times. Yeah. Um, and it's always, where have you been? Yep. You know what have you hunted? Yep. What lodges? Yep. What do you like about it? And then you start asking questions back that haven't booked through WTA. Yeah. And I tell you what, there are some bad stories out there. Well, it's so like I tell on
1: WTA, like this is the way to to do it, right? Like we represent right around 500 <clears throat> outfits around the world. Um, but when we have a client that goes into a camp it's not just kevin going into a camp right mm-hmm. like we we book multiple people into that camp so the outfitter looks is like okay i'm taking this is a big group that comes year after year i gotta make sure these guys are taken care of right. plus we vet our outfitters so a lot of guys will go to a show and be like man i booked this to go here at a show well you don't have any history on that. What the outfitter is, right? You don't know who, where they come from. The pictures they're showing you are they even his? Or are they from thirty years ago? Right. That one, so you call and get a get a consultant at WTA that talks, and you're like, I want to go whitetail hunting. Yeah. Say, I want to go whitetail hunting. Guys will be like, Okay, we're what kind of, what kind of? Let's start it. What kind of weapon would you like? What in your mind makes an ideal whitetail hunt? So now it's like, okay, you start bringing down right, like of a couple hundred whitetail outfitters, you keep. Narrowing it down, narrowing it down, to all of a sudden you're like, okay, price range, what kind of experience you want to have, how, what kind of shot distance, so forth. Yep. Now, now you got three different options, right? We give you the three options, like these three fit exactly what you're looking for. We vetted them, used them for this. Yep. And the guy's like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna go with this one. And he's going there with a place that we have experience with, that we have probably other hunters in for that year. You're Mm -hmm. probably in there with other WTA guys. One that the consultants talk with the outfitter all year round, see what's going on, make sure the guys are having a good time, the year's right. Now, if you go and just book with somebody at a show, that guy's trying to sell you what he's got.
0: Or what he has. I've got this hunt.
1: I'm going to sell this to you. You tell me what you want, and I'm going to fit what I have to make it seem like that's what you have. Mm -hmm. So then you get there and you're like, this isn't it. Like the last hunt that I booked at a show before I was in the industry, before at that time, before I started using Cabela's outdoor adventures, which is now WTA, before I started doing all all that stuff, I I booked it up by myself. It was a trip to Newfoundland to go on a moose hunt. It was for my brother in law, my dad, my brother in law's dad. There were four of us that went over there. It was fucking terrible. Sorry <laughs> the language. <laughs> terrible, right? The guy lied up and down about everything on the hunt. The food was terrible. I remember having spaghetti with ketchup was the good meal. Spaghetti yep. with One ketchup? One of the other guys in camp got food poisoning. He said, it's not even worth it for me to get out of my bed. Like the guy said, yeah, you're, how we were going to hunt. No, the guy, my guide smoked, I don't know, two and a half packs a day in the truck. We never left the truck. So you're literally just cruising the road looking for a moose, which is idiotic, right? And like. The whole thing was bad. The lodge wasn't even the lodge that he showed pictures of. It wasn't even where we were staying. Wow. The cook, she had a better goatee than I do now. Like, there was a whole bunch, like, and, like, you just couldn't wait to leave. Just miserable. And you're like, I just got lied to numerous times by this guy that, bo- that booked me that's not even here. right? And you're like, just terrible. And then all of a sudden you start at the time using Cabela's Outdoor Adventure, which Pollock, Eric Pollack, who's still on, still on the WTA team. Like, a lot of the guys that are WTA, and they're all ex-Cabella guys almost. And you start using that experience, you're like, I'm never going to do anything besides this. Why They did all the work and all the research behind. I'm not going to wing it and go with somebody that no. tells me they got a good spot when I can go with somebody that's got proven history behind it.
2: Yeah, that's literally dealing with Matt or Shell. I mean, I've all the hunts that I've been on, um, which is – just whitetail but i mean everyone has been literally just perfect yeah like it's a, it's exactly what it what they say it is mm-hmm. like you're chasing exactly what like you know everything going into it so which,
1: which is nice you got all the connections and if something goes wrong you know who to ping and, yep. and all that stuff so outside whitetail like what what kind of species do you want to go what's what's next besides whitetail
2: i'll be honest with you um i really would like to go I mean, I don't necessarily have in order what I want to go on, but um, elk and mule deer are probably real high. Yep. Um, truthfully, I, I think if elk, I think, would be really cool. An, um, an elk is
1: it's an awesome hunt. Right. Yeah. And it's so different from a whitetail hunt. It's one of those you'll probably be like, oh, my gosh, I love this. I love whitetail hunting, but I want to do something that's completely different. Different, right? Right? different. I want to do something else like this. What else can I do like this? And you find yourself you're six years away from going on a caribou hunt up north. Right. Like that's that's where you're at and you're like, Oh my gosh, this is yep. so different, right?
2: Yeah, I think um you know, just being growing up in Oceana County or, you know, West Michigan, like deer hunting has always been so high on things like every year still a rich right tradition you look at it and be like oh my god november 15th two weeks away mm-hmm. but now that you that i've been able to get out and do some hunting um you know like the mule deer i like is because they're so framey yep um that would be you know i don't i don't see myself going on a mule deer hunt every single year no um yeah. but you know they're so framey um but an elk is would be super cool and i'd like to probably um you know i mean it'd be really cool to shoot one with a bow yeah and you've uh so you're in the tags portfolio
1: system with shell now so you're starting to apply across the west
2: yeah so this is my um second yep we're going uh, to the second 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 draw period which is literally the easiest thing i've ever done literally i told him exactly what i want Uh say we had a 15 minute conversation 20 minute yep most of it was how have i been we talked just caught up a minute told him what i wanted he's like let me get to work on it Mm man yeah
1: it's super and it changed like you change your portfolio year to year as you grow as a hunter as you you change what you want to do too right um but it was one of those things like he had told me like man we gotta get you in for that archery draw in montana for elk and i'm like ah we'll just keep this at then I went there and I'm like, "Eric, listen, we got to get in for the archery <laughs> I've been draw. telling I'm, you I'm, we yeah, need to do that." I'm, what are you doing? <laughs> Why didn't you tell me this? He's like, "I have told you this for the last 2 years." I'm like,
2: "Huh." Okay. Well, let's do it. Let's do yeah. it.
1: I wish we would have done it 2 years ago, but we're doing it now, yep. right? Like like the good
2: suggestions, but you're in for New Mexico, right? New Mexico, elk. So Yeah. That- so I'm I've, I uh New Mexico, um uh, Montana and Wyoming.
1: Okay. Yep, so you're in some good elk states. there. The one beauty about New Mexico is it's you don't it's not preference points every right. year everybody gets the same thing so it's i like call it, it's 50 50 right right you right. get the call that you're going out cutting new mexico
2: yeah and i honestly i think i might have colorado on there so i got a question did you get Jana set up for tags so actually i have Jaina and kaylin
1: okay yeah kk is old enough too yeah right. so
2: um once they which obviously um you know but once they pass hunter safety or whatever mm-hmm. you can start start accumulating yeah so uh, my youngest daughter kenzie she's eight Um, she'll be nine, December 19th. Mm -hmm. Um, as soon as she passes, you know, gets done with hunter safety, I'm going to start. Start applying it. I just wish the only thing that I wish I would have done is you, you hear about these things. And, um, luckily for me, obviously we hang out a lot. Um, I wish I would have started earlier.
1: That's. Like I mean, well, everybody. I Like I wish I would have started earlier. Right. I wish my dad would have started me when I was twelve. Because if I, if my dad would have started me when I was twelve, I'd have twenty eight years worth of points right now. I would have probably have drawn numerous mountain goats. I would probably have drawn a couple of sheep right. by now. I would have drawn just about every premium elk tag that there is. All the top mule deer tags out yep. would hunted the strip. Like you start looking at all these tags, like if, it's just time and points, right? Right. So start early. That's where I like. I've got I've got Christian and Shelly on. Points to draw. Right. Um, And Shelly's to the point, like, I started her, right, when she was – some states you can start when you're 10, some when you're 12, and you're like, she's going to draw tags when she's in her mid-20s that that are just premium, but she's going to have 13, 14, 15 years into it. And me, like, I look at my portfolio, and I'm I'm starting to get in the sweet spot. Like, I drew a 221 through 223 elk (laughs) tag in Nevada this year, early rifle season, which is a great tag. So I'm to the point now in my portfolio – I it can go either way, right? Like, I can go a whole draw season, not get anything, or I can go a draw season and get three calls that you've got three premium tags. Right. Like, at any point in time now, there could be one that, hey, you drew a Mountain Goat tag or you drew a Shira's Moose tag. Like, you're yeah. you're in that
2: range now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be the only thing. Um, but, again, I mean, honestly, because, I, again, I know I was new to it, so – Literally, I made one phone call to mm-hmm. Shell or, or, uh, via email first, and then he bumped me back yeah. on a uh, phone call. And I mean, he breaks everything down. Like, it's literally where you're like, they understand it so good. You know, you tell them what you want, and they, I mean, and they yeah. literally say, I think this is what best fits you. Yep. Review it, look at it, study it. And if there's something that you want to change, that you want to add, mm-hmm. don't, that you don't like, like and I mean truthfully, um, for me to draw for KK Jaina, yeah. and myself, it is literally. I mean, it's like maybe fourteen, fifteen hundred bucks. Yeah, depending. Yeah, it's a done deal. Like, yeah, yep. and and I mean for them especially, what they're drawing for, like it's a home run. Mm-hmm. And like, and if you hit it, why not? Exactly. Why not? Take, it
1: takes one time of hitting it to do it like right that's the that's the beauty part but like for me when i first started getting into it within 14 15 years ago now it's so different than what we do in the east right like in michigan you just go and buy your tag for 78 bucks yeah and you're like well well how do i like it's so foreign of this applying to get in these top zones to where you can just go i can book with an outfitter Well, a lot of times when you book with an outfitter he's got to buy a landowner tag right right he's got a concession and he's upcharging. not upcharging. those cost more if you buy a land like a landowner tag mule deer in in um, Colorado, right? He's got to pay the landowner for that tag and then transfer it over. Absolutely, that's more expensive than if you draw the tag. Right? New Mexico, same thing. If you draw the tag on a, on a New Mexico elk, hunt, it's like seventy five to eighty five hundred bucks depending on who you go with. If you buy a landowner tag to go there, now you are fourteen five to eighteen five. Right? And you are like, yikes! Right? Like, yep. there is there is there is a benefit to do it in. One, you're going to get in the top areas if you go with the approach of, hey, I, like some of the states, like I've, I'm applied in all the western states for help. In each state, I look at a little bit different. Some states, I'm just looking that I'm going to try to draw every three to four years. Right. And then there's some states that I'm going to ride out and it's going to take me 16, 18 years to draw. But when I draw that tag, I'm going to go in there and it's going to be a 360 to 400 inch bull that you're going right. after, right? Like you're going after, you're targeting big bulls by drawing that tag. But you've got this portfolio that you can play with and change mm-hmm. with as the time. Like some of them set up for arch. Tree. Some of them set up for muzzleloader, some of them set up for rifle,
2: and just keep going. Well, and I mean, I think the appealing part too is, I would say the majority of the people doing it, like, right. So when someone usually spends money, they want something out of it, mm-hmm. right? And I mean, you're putting yourself at the best chance success rates out there. I mean, yep. Why? Why buy? You know, you could buy a landowner's tag and spend all that money, and then you. Go out there by your like, what's the chances of you killing something like that by yourself? It's probably not to go without an outfitter. Yeah, I mean, like the the
1: guys that go out west on an elk hunt, like they're numerous years into the same area because you got to learn it, right? So you've invested now. I mean, like there was one guy that just shot his first elk that I know of that was on his fifth trip to Colorado. So he and he's ten days a trip, so he's fifty days into it when he got his first elk. Right, and some guys depends on the schedule, right? Like his schedule allowed him to go out there for 10 days every year and every fall to go to go and do that and build that experience to where, I mean, 10 days is a, a long time. I mean, you right? look
2: at something like what's the most valuable thing you can never get back. Time. Time, right? Yep, time. I mean, who's got – I'll be honest with you. I don't have 10 days to be like, man, I'm going to go chase it for 10 days and hopefully – Yep. Like, that's not a real thing. Yep,
1: yep. The one thing you can't get back more of is time. Yeah, said I just had uh, – I was looking at going on a a specific – I'm not going to mention what it is, but a specific hunt, and, like, everything's got to be right for me to get down there and and film it, and and the outfitter and and good friend, he messaged me back, he goes, I just – I can't – like, I want you to come down. You're the first on my list when this works out. I just can't have you come down this year. It's just not right, and I can't – like, I can't tell you that you've got a better than 50-50 chance of success and he left it with the one thing that we have that the one thing in life that you can't get more of is time and I don't want to waste yours. And I'm like, Man, that's per like, listen, I get I love I'm waiting to get down there. This is year three of trying to get down there and do this. And he hit, and he tells you that and you're like, I totally respect you, right? Like Absolutely. you could have took the money and, and not worked it out, but you value you realize the value of time. Right. And you're right. working your tail off down there trying to arrange everything to get me down there and it's just not working this year.
2: Right especially on I mean for what you're doing I mean not that your time's more valuable but than any but I mean you literally I mean that's I spent some
1: time on the road I mean you
2: spend some time and if you I mean for him to do that that's super awesome yeah and that was super awesome
1: listen I would have went down there and and been down four or five six seven days right and may not have worked out and by the time it's over I spend 150 days on the road 160 days on the Mm -hmm. road a year and like that's a big deal for me is making sure that I've got everything planned I always get the question of how can you be so successful when you're when you go to all these places right like me and the team at WTA we just do a ton of research and planning and Mm -hmm. and making sure I'm there with the right gear at the right time of year and and that's how you're successful right like that's like for me I can't like it I can't go to four places in a row and try them out and not not right. be successful. Otherwise, you're trying to do a, a a show series and you can't can't do it, right? Right. And why would I not use the team at WTA sitting there for all the research and, and the trips that I go to? It's today? Literally, what they're yeah, it's what they do, right? Right. That's that's the thing. You yep. Know. Yeah. No. It's we're sitting here mid-December. I've got for the year. I've got one more one more hunting trip. Um, we're opening a quail lodge in Kentucky right next to where Salt River's at. There's a pre-Civil War house and, and stuff. We're, we're going to go down there and film that the weekend before Christmas. Um, that'll be my last hunting trip. be good to get the shotgun in hand. And then as I turn into next year, I've got a trip going to Mexico for a Mexican Texanus hunt. I'd love to have you join, but Kevin's actually going to cover practice for me for three days. So
2: Yeah, I'm locked in on that. I'll be honest with you, I uh, have been... Hit or miss the early stages of the JD yeah, season. Yeah, yeah, you have been. You've been hit or miss, but that's I'll all right. Be- I'm
1: going to lock in because you're going to cover me for three days then.
2: Yeah, it's, uh, what, are, I, I was it the 15th? What yeah, was the date? I think date? it's,
1: uh, 13, 14, 15. No, oh. 10, something around there. Yeah. Anyway, you already told me you got it, so I already got it. Like, it's yep. it's locked in, so you can't change
2: now. Yeah, I won't, I won't change unless, uh, another hunting opportunity comes up. Yeah, but man, we, whatever, whatever. You know, it is what it is. Yep. It is what it is. Yeah. No, then, uh, as my schedule looks like, that'll be one in
1: January. I've got nothing in February, nothing in March. Straight girls basketball for anybody's like, what's he doing? Straight girls basketball. And then April, um, the time to get after it for a little bit in the spring, going to Croatia, going to the Yucatan. You'll be your first experience down in the jungle. I think you'll handle the heat well. Yeah, I mean, I'm a built for heat. <laughs> Just built I mean. for heat, I am. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to chase bracket deer. Kevin's going to get after bracket deer and the old oscillated turkey. You, like the heat sucks right but we're we've got ac tents down there now so you'll be like at night it's going to be 70 in an ac tent during the day like you can get out of it the hunting is so crazy like it's going to be so different you're going to love it
2: yeah i'll be honest with you any hunting trip i've been on um with you or without you has been just it's a a new experience Mm -hmm. right so it's yep i'm looking forward to it
1: yeah then i'll slide into tanzania after that and then kind of semi slow down for the summer and then man next fall is busy busy again going after triple threat which is north america 29 with a muzzle loader bow and rifle and and then the north america deer slam and i do have a little surprise plan there's one last hurrah of um kind of the the journey within bird slams there's one more this is this is the last year of the the bird slams we did in new zealand last year and got one more planned for this year i'm going to visit five different countries to do that and uh that'll be it and we're right after that we're on the bird side we're just going to tell tell cool and and different stories like going after the cap and and in uh europe uh, sand grouse and africa there's so much stuff to do do there that'll trust me i'll keep myself busy well, well cool man thanks for swinging by today Heck
2: can anytime
1: i, I know you got to finish up kevin's been milking out this last load of corn now for it seems like about four weeks so. well listen
2: i gotta get it i've gotta get it in because Salt River, That's so true.
1: God, he's got to get it in. He's like, well, I'm, I'm done harvesting, but the, it can sit there. I find no, the Tri County was full. Tri County was it, full. Today's now the day that he can get it in.
2: Today could be the day. Yeah. Today could be the day. Today could we've uh, got our, be our first.
1: We got our first basketball game of the day, So,
2: man, it's it's time. It's, it's
1: time. time. I'm ready. I'm ready for it. Agreed. Cool. Thanks again, man.
2: Heck yeah! Thanks for having
1: me. Thanks for all your support and downloads. If you like this episode, please go and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts as that always helps. Do you wanna book that hunt of a lifetime? Then give the team at Worldwide Trophy Adventures a call at 1-800-346-8747. Or if you wanna start a tags portfolio for those limited entry tags, call 1-800-755-8247. Enjoy your journey.